Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Well, normally one of our following our founder Acharya standards is he would begin by singing Jai Radha Madhava, and given the short leash of the Potomac Temple Sunday program, everybody, Jai Radha Madhava. <laughs> that was our ritual for this morning's class. Um, <clears throat> the topic that uh, that I was asked specifically to speak about was relationships in relation to Chaitanya Charitamrita. And I was advised there may be some new people here who don't know about Lord Chaitanya and Chaitanya Charitamrita. So I'm going to do a little background for those of you that are newer. Is anybody here that does not know who is Krishna? Anybody does not know who is Krishna? Oh, come on. You're raising your hand. You don't know who is Krishna. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> you know who is Krishna. Okay, so you know who is Krishna. Okay, very good. It was a negative. Who does not know who is Krishna? You know who is Krishna. Okay, so... <clears throat> Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita. And the concluding instruction of Bhagavad Gita was Sarvadharmam Parityaja Mamekam Sharanam Raja Aham Tvam Sarvapapebhyo Moksha Yishyami Masuchaha Krishna was instructing in the concluding message of Bhagavad Gita that all these other wonderful teachings, they are subordinate to one primary teaching, and that one primary teaching is Mam Ekam Sharana, surrender to me alone. And after Krishna's pastimes were concluded, according to the biography of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life, Krishna began to consider. Oh, after I depart, the next age begins. Kali Yuga begins. And in this age of Kali, people will simply quarrel and quarrel and quarrel over trifles. What to speak of some of the other modern events that are happening today over whatever. It's the age of quarrel and hypocrisy and people will not understand how to surrender unto Krishna. So, they need to see an example of how to surrender unto Krishna. And he began to consider. The best way to do that is, I'll come myself and teach how to surrender unto Krishna. And so he did. So, Krishna came in the complexion of Radha and the mood of love of Radha, these two things, as Krishna himself. Not an expansion of Krishna, but Krishna himself, 
to teach how to take shelter of Krishna, give one's life to Krishna in the mood of his own devotee. That's who is Lord Chaitanya. And Chaitanya Charitamrita is a biography, it's more than a biography, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life, his life and teachings, his life and his teachings. And I was asked to take uh, a section from Lord Chaitanya's life and explain to our audience here this some important lesson, and the some important lesson is the importance of friendship. The importance of friendship. One passage in Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's very nice. I, I, looking around the room, I think there's a few householders here. Some of you who are maybe married, few may be married. So, when the devotees of Lord Chaitanya would come to visit him, after he accepted the order of sannyas, at his mother's request he made Jagannath Puri his residence. So the devotees wanted his association, so they came from all over the place, large numbers from Bengal to Puri to attend the Jagannath Rathiyatra and then spend the four months of the rainy season with him in Jagannath Puri. It was lovely. They had kirtan and so many nice activities together. And then it was the sad departure. They had to go back and perform their household duties wherever they came from. So, Lord Chaitanya being very kind to his devotees, he um, invited them to come see him and gave his personal association to each and every one of them that came to see him for the four months. So one of those was the residence of Kalinagram, and they headed by one exalted devotee and his other associates. They asked a very relevant question for all, all of you may be interested. The question was, first expression of humility, I am very attached, I'm fallen, I'm not an elevated person, could you please give me instruction? What is my primary duty as a householder? That's a good question, isn't it? Relevant? So what Lord Chaitanya said was two things. As far as possible, without losing your job in the workplace, chant the holy name of Krishna. He didn't say anything like that. but As far as possible, constantly call the holy name of Krishna. And the second... Whenever the opportunity arises, engage in service to the Vaishnavas. This is your duty as a householder. So these were very intelligent devotees. They said, please tell us how we can identify who is a devotee. So I know who to serve, right? And they asked the same question in three successive years. And each, the, each year went beginning stages of being a devotee, the intermediate stage of being a devotee, and the most advanced stage of being a devotee. So I'm going to skip the first two. And he said, the most advanced, he didn't say most advanced, but a devotee, by definition, is one who simply by seeing them, they remind you of Krishna. Some of you go to work. So try to be that kind of person in the workplace 
when simply seeing you or being in your presence, because if you're carrying bhakti in your heart, you don't have to give a Bhagavad Gita class in the workplace. You just have to be that which Bhagavad Gita says to be. You, be a, you can be a perambulatory Bhagavad Gita. You follow? And that's going to have a spiritualizing impact, even if you don't speak what to speak of if you speak. Because when you speak, you'll be speaking in alignment with what is pleasing to Krishna. And you won't be speaking in ways that are disturbing to Krishna because you're carrying Krishna Bhakti inside. And if you're carrying Krishna Bhakti inside, you know what's going to happen? People will understand. This person is a little different. He's not like the other people in the office that fault find and criticize one another and etc., etc., etc. There's a spiritual person. And you know what? Sometimes people have a problem and they want to take their problem to a spiritual person. So if you're a spiritual person in the workplace, you'll get people coming to you saying, do you mind if I share something with you? I'm going through this very stressful situation. A family member has cancer or my teenager something something or where's Brudge Bihari? Someone stole my car. <laughs> Someone stole his car. <clears throat> and, you know, can you, can you help me get through this difficult time? Can you give me some spiritual counsel and spiritual advice? I don't go to the workplace. My workplace is, with, you know, in an airplane. But devotees in workplaces have shared that with me that, yes, that's exactly what happens. I mean, it's not like every, every day something, you got three people at your door saying, I got a problem, can you help me out? But it happens. It's part of our service to the world to be one who, just by being in their presence, you remind them of Krishna. And that's what being a real friend is. We're social beings, we're spirit souls, but we, you know, the holistic picture is we have a body and a mind. <coughs> And we are a spirit soul in the package, the holistic picture is we, we want to love and be loved. We want friendship and love. But if it's misplaced, it leads to you know, falling in the ditch or having problems you can't see your way out of. And if you're wanting to be a friend or have friends, find friends that, of course, they may comfort you when comfort is needed, etc., 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 help you find your lost car and whatever else is going on. But they're reminding you of Krishna. That's who your best friends are. And to be someone else's best friend is that. There's this nice teaching. Some of you may know this nice teaching. You can say it with me if you know the nice teaching. Smartavya satatam vishnor vismartavya najatuchit Sarve vidi nisedasyur etayor eva kinkara. Padma Purana teaches that of all the vidhis and nishedhas, you know, the do's and the don'ts, things you should do and things you should avoid, what's the purpose behind all of them? What's, the, what's, the, what's it all about? What's, there's this spiritual teaching and that's, the marketplace is filled with spiritual teachings and things to do and not to do. What's the essence behind them all? 
according to Padmarana, it's one thing. Always remember Krishna and never forget Krishna. Checkmate, right? That's, that's what the mind does. And then there's what the senses do. So things that the senses do are to help you bring the mind under control. And the mind that's under control is one that always remembers Krishna, never forgets Krishna. And if you can be an agent to help people come to that position, you're the best friend. Or best parent, or best, best husband, wife, or, or best whatever, best teacher. That doesn't mean you don't do other things, you don't feed your children, or you don't hug your friend, or whatever it is that people do to express friendship. But the essence is the essence. And other things are meant to align with the essence. And looking at the clock on the wall, I'm going to go on to another nice little passage from Chaitanya Bhagwat. It's an earlier biography of Lord Chaitanya's life having to do with Haridas. Now, there are probably some new people here in the audience that don't know who Haridas and I'm I've been prompted to make sure people know when we say names, who's who. So Haridas is given the name Nama Acharya. Acharya, everybody knows. Teacher by example. And Nama Acharya is the teacher by example of the chanting of the holy name. Haridas, by age, was older than his father, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's father. He was, he was born in a Muslim family, but somehow or another, from early childhood, he had this disposition to chant Krishna's name. And he, was, he became, even as a young man, celebrated saint in his community. Not because he switched from that ism to this ism, but because he was a constant, absorbed personality in the name of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. So fast forward in time, uh, he, before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared, because he was elder to him, he visited the place where Lord Chaitanya would one day appear. And that's a place in Bengal named Navadvip. So he didn't stay in Navadweep, he stayed in a place by the bank of the Ganges, and he was living in a cave. He was humble. And it was uh, by the bank of the Ganges, sometimes by river banks there's kind of like a, an indentation. In this case it was a, a cave, and that's, was, that was his home. And he would constantly chant the holy name, and not only in, a, in the cave, he would go about here and there. Now, the government of that district at the time was under Muslim rule. And there was a king, and then just the person underneath the king was given the title Kazi, kind of like a magistrate. His, you know, the direct person who he answered to was the king. And the king was dependent upon the magistrate. He wasn't just like sat in court. He was next in charge, under the king. So the magistrate, or Kazi, was a Muslim. And he took exception to the fact that a Muslim-born gentleman 
was being celebrated in their community for chanting Krishna's name. He was considered saintly, and he considered this was a big offense. And so the Kazi went to the king and said, Harumph, you've got to do something. He should be punished because people that are from our Muslim background, they're going to start chanting Krishna's name and we're going to have a problem, so punish him. So the king, hearing from the Kazi, summonsed Haridas. He didn't send a constable or anything. He just requested him to come and Haridas obliged. Haridas came to Pulia, to the, the place where the, the king and the Kazi sat and ruled. So um, when he was waiting to come before the king, they do what was done at the time. They put him in a jail to wait for the hearing before the king and the kazi. And so the, the narration goes like this. There were other respectable cel celebrities in the Hindu community there in, in that district, Pulia district. And they had also been put in prison for similar infractions of being too devoted to their religious practice. So when those prisoners heard that the saint Haridas has also been put in prison, they were happy. They were going to somehow maybe get his association. So they did what people do sometimes in India when you want something. I don't have to say what it is, what you do. They somehow pacified the jailkeepers so that they could get to be in the presence of Haridas. So the jailkeepers made that arrangement and they came before Haridas and they said, just by seeing you, we are remembering Krishna. You see the connection? Just by seeing you, we are remembering Krishna. May we receive some blessing from you. You are a great saint. Please give your blessing. You know what blessing they were thinking. Let us help us get out of here. He smiled. I mean, I'd like to read what he said. It's written very beautifully. But I'll just summarize because the clock is moving. He said, he smiled mildly and said, stay as you are. And they were taken aback. Stay as you are. We were hoping to say, you know, get us out of here. And they, their expression became noticeably disturbed. And Haridas then went on to say, I don't think you understood the blessing. What I meant was, right now, right now, you're not engaged in sense gratification because you're in jail. And the activities of sense gratification have the net effect of making the mind bewildered and disturbed and muddied. It's a similar teaching as given by Rishabdev to his 100 sons in Srimad Bhagavatam. But he, so Aridas went on. The mind becomes disturbed and troubled when one engages and indulges in sense gratification. In this circumstance, there's no sense gratification. And you're appealing, calling from within your heart 
for Krishna's mercy. My benediction is that you stay like that. Rest assured, in just two or three days, you'll all be released from prison. And then when you're released from prison, what are you going to do? If you go back again to the indulgences and sense gratification, then you've lost a great fortune. So may you stay in this fortunate circumstance of remembering Krishna like you are right now. Now it doesn't say if they understood what he meant, but he explained what he meant. And then from there, Haridas was taken to the king and some other things happened before the king. That the, the absorption of Haridas was the chanting of the holy name. And some of you may know there's another very nice mantra. If you know the mantra, you can say it with me. Om Apavitro Pavitrova Saravastam Gatopiva Ya Smaret Pundarikaksham Sabhaya Abhyantara Suchihi Shri Vishnu Shri Vishnu Shri Vishnu This is a mantra that we recite when we perform our yagyas and it means whether purified pavitra or not purified apavitra or sarvavastam gatopiva having passed through all circumstances of life just by this one thing what's that one thing? Yasmaret Pundrikaksham. Just by remembrance of the lotus-eyed Supreme Personality of Godhead, you can pass over all fear, all misfortune, all of the problematic things of this temporary world by higher consciousness. That's the goal. So, how that being the best friend of others or receiving the friendship, the best friendship of others. It may take different shapes, may take different forms in different cultures and in different interpersonal exchanges with one another. It may look very differently. That's okay. We're interested in the, the principle, learning from Haridas Thakur and learning from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of how to be a friend and how to select those who are your true friends. How to be a friend and how to closely associate with those whose, by whose association will help you remember Krishna. It's one of the reasons that we have temples. Prabhupada states it specifically in Nectar of Instruction, if you've read it, uh, for loving exchanges, because that's what friends do, loving exchanges. And there are different kinds of loving exchanges, but the essence of those loving exchanges is this one thing. Remind others of Krishna. We do many other things in the course of our relationships with one another, but that's the essence. And I'm going to say one other Prabhupada story and then see if there's some time for discussion. What's my cut-off time again? Quarter of? Two. Hey! Okay. <coughs> Prabhupada story. Once upon a time, Prabhupada came to America. And he struggled, but he didn't forget Krishna. And after some time, Krishna, having seen how sincere, how determined, then 
the, the, the mountain moved, the obstacle moved to the side, and there was a beginning, 26-second avenue. There's a long a lot of things that happened in between, his arrival and that. And 26-second avenue is a little storefront shaped kind of like a subway car. It's long and narrow and not really attractive or anything. But it was the beginning. Lower East Side, inexpensive, etc., etc. And three nights of the week, there was, like Brajabihari shared, something that I experienced at the university that I attended. Same thing. Prabhupada having kirtan with, in this case, was Allen Ginsberg. Now, those of you from India, you don't know who Allen Ginsberg is, probably. And he was, um, some of you are nodding, you know. He was a, take your pick, famous or infamous American poet, without details. So anyways, he was, on, he, Allen Ginsberg and Prabhupada were on the stage together. Allen Ginsberg playing bongo drums, Prabhupada playing cartels, singing Hare Krishna and changing the hearts of at least one person in the audience. I didn't know who Prabhupada was, but something happened. So, as he was doing at the university, that's what they were doing at 26 Second after Kirtan. You've probably seen the videos of the dreamy dancing scene of the counterculture youth dancing before Prabhupada's Kirtan. And then Bhagavad Gita class, then more Kirtan and Prashadam. That's like our... Hare Krishna sandwich, kirtan lecture, kirtan prasadam. That's the that's the program. So they did that for some time, and I was told this by Sadhguru Maharaj that one day, Brahmananda said, "Swamiji, do you think we could take this into the public?" And Prabhupada, big smile. I was waiting for you to ask, and said, "But you have to get a permit." So they got a permit at Tompkins Square Park, and that little procession from twenty six to Tompkins Square Park, sat under that elm tree, kirtan for three hours. So here comes the juicy part. There was a large crowd. Maybe some of you have seen the photograph. Like, who's this Martian that came from some other planet? We've never seen anybody look like this. And what's he going to say? Prabhupada stood up, looking very somber, his hands folded before him like this. In the background is that church steeple. You've seen the image. And what's he going to say? Supposing, close your eyes for a moment and imagine that you're a world acharya and you've been sent to the bowels of America, the, the Lower East Side of New York City. And What's your message going to be to those people? Here's what Prabhupada said. I've not come to teach you something new. I've come to remind you of that which you have forgotten. Cool, huh? I've not come to teach you something new. I've come to remind you of that which you have forgotten. He was being the best friend. He didn't say, I'm your best friend. He just was being the best friend to remind people of that which they have forgotten, to remind people of their eternal, forgotten, loving relationship with Krishna. And that was his message. It's not a new message. It's very old message that we've forgotten. And that's what a best friend is. Another Bhagavad Gita verse, Bhoktaram Yagatapasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram Suradam Sarvabhutanam Suradam Sarvabhutanam One more time. 
Suradam Sarvabhut. Krishna is the dearmost friend, Surid, Sarvabhutanam, of all living entities. So to have, remind somebody of Krishna is reminding them who is their best friend. That's nice. What a nice service to have to remind people of their best friend who they have forgotten. And as a result, they're struggling unnecessarily. <coughs> so these are nice lessons how to be a friend. And we're, we learn how from the Acharya. And following in the footsteps of our Acharyas, we're not Acharyas, we're followers of our Acharyas, we can assist other people in becoming happy because they found their dear most friend who they've forgotten. So I'm supposed to have time for questions and let's see if this is a, a questioning type of audience today. Maharaj, in what ways can we uh, really remember that Krishna is our best friend? Like, you know, what are the pastimes or maybe some of the things that we can, when we try to remember of our best friend, you know, Krishna comes to mind. What what can we think in what ways? Well, the, the, there are certainly things to remember, but the, the most important thing in always remember that Krishna is your best friend is to feel that connection with Krishna. That which we are attached to is what we remember. I was having a discussion with somebody about, you know the classic, when I get old I'll, I'll fix my mind on Krishna and go to Krishna. Right now I'm busy with my occupation and my, you know, the, the worldly part of my life and I'll do that later, that classic idea. But that, that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is what you're, whatever you're attached to, that's what you're going to remember. It's not later. So the best is to practice now becoming attached to Krishna. And, and the obstacle in becoming attached to Krishna is our attachment for the temporary. We're addicted, not just attached. Like, you know, so by association with those who are attached to Krishna is the best way to become attached to Krishna. Sadhu Sangha. You know the Chaitanya Charitamrita verse. Sarva Shastra Khoi. Lava Matra Sadhu Sangha Sarva Siddhi Hoy. Sarva Siddhi. All cities, all perfections will come even just for Lava Matra, a fraction of a second, what to speak of extended association and extended association. So association with sadhus. Now, fortunately for us, there's a good use of technology, and that is recorded material of Srila Prabhupada's classes and lectures and teachings through books and media and so forth. So we can, we can associate with Prabhupada that way. Uh, somebody gave me a really nice gift. And it's like this big, and I carry it with me all the time, and it's all of Srila Prabhupada's recorded lectures, morning walks, and conversations, etc., etc. I must spend every day through sound vibration association with Srila Prabhupada minimum an hour to two, two and a half hours every day. That, that has an effect of becoming attached to Prabhupada. Those from whom you hear, you become attached to. And there's 
good reason to become attached to Prabhupada. And through attachment to him, you become, I have become attached <coughs> to some degree to Krishna. And by that, detachment from the temporary. The obstacle is attachment to the temporary. So we need sadhu sangha to get attachment to sat. And one of the best means of sadhu sangha is by hearing. And the technology has made it available. We can still have technology of uh, the printed material, like you know, discussions between Lord Chaitanya and Haridas Thakur in books. But imagine if you had a video of Lord Chaitanya's talks with Ramananda Roy and Haridas Thakur. So we have those available through video and audio recordings, but otherwise through books. So um, immerse yourself in that sound vibration and that sadhu sangha, and that will attach you to sound. Uh, I wanted to know the ending part of the story of Which Haridas. Story? Of Haridas uh, what happened after what, that? What did he say to the king when he okay. met Okay. <laughs> Let's have the microphone. Because he looks like the kind of person who's going to ask more. Uh... He went before the king, and the king was moved by the spiritual presence of Haridas. And Haridas, he said, you know, smiled, Haridas. You're, you're such an elevated person. Can't you just, you're born in a Muslim family, can't you just follow the Muslim scriptures and everything will be nice? Can't you do that, Haridas? It was like appealing to him. And Haridas, fearless, said, if you think that there's something wrong for a Hindu to practice Muslim practices, then whatever is wrong for that Hindu practicing Muslim practices, you should punish me in the same way, because it's the same principle. He said, Haridas, you know, just be a little cooperative here. And so he, Haridas then said, my chanting of the holy name is within me. And if, if you, you're, the, you're the representative of God. The king is the representative of God. And it's your authority to punish me however you see fit. If you decide a fit punishment is to kill me, you can chop my body into little pieces and my tongue will continue to chant Krishna's name. It's, in other words, it's from the soul. It's not external. And the king <coughs> understood, I have to punish him, but what's a suitable punishment? So he turned to the Kazi and he said, kill him. But kill him in such a way all the persons in Puglia, they will understand, don't do like Haridas did. So the punishment should be in all the marketplaces of Puglia, have your strongest constables beat him with sticks until he dies. So that's, that's what happened. And they beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him and he just kept chanting and chanting and chanting. And at the end of the day, the 22 marketplaces the powerful soldiers with their sticks were worn out. And he was just chanting and chanting, smiling. They'd never, they, they said, this has never happened before. 
No one lasts beyond two, maybe three marketplaces. So if we report back to the king that you're still alive, you'll think we didn't really be you. We'll be dead. Save us. Oh, I didn't know that you'd have difficulty. If you like, I can give up my life. Yeah, yeah. So he sat down in trance and looked like he was dead. So they took his looked like dead body before the king. And then he turned to the Kazi, what should we do? He said, well, in our Muslim faith, if you bury a dead person, they go to heaven. We don't want him to go to heaven. So just to treat him like a dead animal and throw him in the Ganges. So they threw him in the Ganges. And he was floating down the Ganges and some distance down the Ganges, he came to the bank because he wasn't dead. He was just in trance. And he came back because the, cousin, the king had said, if you survive this punishment, then I'll accept that you're a sadhu. So he came back chanting Hare Krishna and people following him, yay, Haridas is alive. And he came before the king. And the king offered his profuse apology. You proved to me that you are, in fact, a holy man, a saint. And I've offended a saint by having you beaten. So you may stay in Puglia and be a saint. So that's what happened. So I have a question. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so we're hearing from you that... Uh, Krishna, God is our best friend. Is our best friend. You just quoted that verse, Suridam Sarvabhutanam. Yeah. So, it's, it's, sometimes it seems like it's a bit theoretical, and then when we look at our person, and then we also hear that not a blade of grass moves without God's sanction. And so many bad things happen. Yeah, and then so, but we go through ups and downs. Our cars get stolen, and you know, uh, Donald Trump becomes the president. Yeah, right. You know, so many things happen to us. <laughs> um, so, how do we? How do we reconcile that? And then how do we go from beyond thinking superficially that Krishna is our best friend to actually getting some realization well, about that? Well, that has something to do with his question. I mean, he asked it in a different way, but it was a similar essence question. And it, it, it can't happen, let's say, ne negative. If you do it cosmetically, it's now you see it, and now you don't. And now you see it, and now you don't then it's just, it's, it's a reflection. Like, here's a mirror, here's an apple, and in the reflection, there's an apple. But there's no substance in the reflection, it's just a reflection. You turn the mirror a little bit, there goes the apple, at least reflection-wise. So how to go beyond the reflection and see the real thing, which is what he's asking and what, what you're asking. And we, it takes sadhu sangha. And in sadhu association, we do with sadhus what sadhus do with faith. Small thing, with faith. I'll say it again. Small thing, with faith. Now what does faith mean? Well, it's, it's the confidence. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives the definition. By this one thing, this is a definition of faith. By this one thing, all other desirable things will be accomplished. So we have to have faith in something. If we don't have faith in the, the deeper sense, not the cosmetic or reflection sense of God as our dear most friend, we're going to find something else that's our dear most friend, whatever that entity might be. And it's always disappointing. 
because it's not the dearmost friend. And so then we go round and around. So, so to go beyond the reflection into the realm of reality, the apple instead of the reflection of the apple, the sense of Krishna is my dear most friend and it doesn't leave you. It's not created by circumstance and disappear by circumstance. It's not cosmetic. It's something that's deeper and more profound. It's through association of those who have it. <coughs> they are empowered to give it. And they want to give it. So we want those people. We want an association of those genuine persons. And we start with our founder, Acharya, and it starts with sound vibration. So that's, that's uh, a response. Now, it doesn't just... It's not a mechanical process. It's not a vending machine. You do your this and do your that and push, pull the lever and down comes attachment to God as your dear most friend. Not a vending machine. It's not a mechanical process. It's a devotional process. So you have to engage with the devotional process with uh, a, an inquisitive spirit. Just like your question and, and his question, I want to know. I want to, be, I want to have that connection. Not just I want the troubles to be diminished, I want that connection. That's something we all have. We wouldn't be here. It's Sunday in Washington, D.C. We'll go somewhere and do something else because somewhere in there is that desire. We want to strengthen that desire through sadhu sangha and doing with sadhus what sadhus do. Like the kids are doing up there. They're with Gauravani and boy does he love kirtan. And they'll pick up his love for kirtan just by being with Gauravani. Watch. As time passes, those little kids are going to be bigger kids and they're going to be in kirtan, doing kirtan with their heart by association with one whose heart is given to the holy name. That's how you develop that deeper sense. Another question. Yes. Five minutes. Okay. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, I wanted to ask... Uh, um, according to Nectar of Instructions, it is said that for a, for a second and third class devotee, it is uh, advised that they should give up the association of non-devotees. But sometimes it's not very easy to distance yourself from non-devotees. In that situation, what should be a mindset of someone who's aspiring to be a devotee or who wants to pursue devotion to Krishna? Well, um, nice question. And I recommend for a more detailed answer to your question, you read Bhaktivedanta Thakur's explanation that I'm going to summarize. Because in Nectar Devotion, there's six things that enhance and six things that destroy Bhakti. And in both that list of six and six, this association principle is in both. And because Bhaktivedanta Thakur was a householder, he speaks specifically about householders following that principle. And in short, <clears throat> giving up unwholesome association, gosh, what are we going to do? Go live in a cave. But you work and in the workplace there are people that are they say and do and they're, you know they're carrying things in their heart that's not so pure so the advice is the not the intimate kind of mind revealing association because that was discussed during our 
time together this weekend. Um, other six types of loving exchange reveal your mind in confidence and here another reveal their mind in confidence. So we don't engage in those confidential dealings with those that are unwholesome. We're respectful because inside there's a spirit soul. And that spirit soul may be covered. So we keep a distance from the covering and we're respectful in cordial social ways. How are you doing? And you know, without the confidential, heart-revealing kinds of exchange. So we're, we're, you know, this is for the householder. The sannyasi is different principles or application of principles. But we, 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 the best is by being very clear what the nature of a sadhu is. You seek that association, and by nature, there's kind of like concentric circles out of people that are less than sadhu and more toxic further out, you don't keep intimate association with those people. And in, like the morning class discussion yesterday, some people, you, you walk away if they're abusive. And some people, you call the police if they're depending upon the circumstance. So saying strong yes to sadhu sangha gives you the strength to say no thank you to the other uh, you know unwholesome association that purification will give you that power of discretion how to navigate your way through bad association you just don't for principle don't intimately associate socially polite okay time's up let us uh, thank his holiness Rupat Swami Maharaj Thank you.